This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program, presented by TaylorMade. Experience the drives every golfer wants to hit and no golfer wants to follow with the all-new Sim 2 driver, only from TaylorMade. Visit TaylorMadeGolf.ca to learn more. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. And good morning, golf fans, and welcome to another Monday edition of Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully alongside Bob Weeks. Mark Sacchino is off today. Bob, it's a lovely day here in the GTA. No snow. We had a little snow on Friday, which was quite unfortunate, but we have some nice weather back in the GTA. Did you get out and play over the weekend? I did, yeah. I played a little bit on uh, Saturday. I played a little bit on Thursday and uh, starting to feel like the game is coming around. I had a lesson last week as well, which was nice. And so now I'm kind of just trying to groove the new the new me in there. It's gonna, It might take a little bit, but how about you? I got out and played on Saturday and Sunday, having wa- walked around both, or I walked on both rounds. And I think Sunday might have been the perfect golf temperature in that 18 to 19 degree, maybe half a club to a club breeze, shorts. It was a great day. But you mentioned your lesson, and I know we'll get into this a little later, but are, are, are we doing a full rebuild? Are we switching to right-handed? What are, what are some of the keys for your lesson? We're just, trying to find, we're just trying to find some hope. <laughs> we're just trying to know. Okay. I, just, I, think, I think at the start of the year, it's, uh, it's not a bad thing to do to kind of get things on, going on track, and I want to make sure that uh, – I don't build any bad, bad habits, so I'd only actually played nine holes before I went for it, and um, we'll see what uh, see what happens after that. But uh, no, it's all good, and um, everybody's uh, the balls seem to be flying. I have uh, I have had a little problem on the second Uh-oh. hole at Weston. Ah, uh, yes, great hole. The, the, the it's just the sort of the signature hole. It's uh, tees off, drops down into a, a valley, and there's a bridge, railway bridge, runs behind, mm-hmm. and I have so far in three rounds lost four balls on that hole. Oh. So okay. uh, that's, that's not going to plan so far. Okay. We'll see what happens when I attack it next time. Well, you know, I always say when you have a lesson, you want to get your ball airborne. Forward is an added bonus. Just get the ball yeah. anywhere ahead of you. So that, that's always the goal. But we, <laughs> we have a busy show uh, today. It is a major championship week. Yes, the U.S. Women's Open taking place this week. Well, the full preview of that. We'll discuss Brooke Henderson's chances to win her second career major championship. We'll hear from Rebecca Lee Bentham, who is playing in her third career U.S. Women's Open, one of four Canadians in the field this week. We're also going to hear from Bruce Rogerson from Muskoka Bay. Looking forward to our Golf Talk Canada Appreciation Day at Muskoka Bay. That's coming up in a couple of months' time in mid July. We'll also recap Jason Kokrak's victory on the PGA Tour. Now the third player to have two wins this season on the PGA Tour. An unexpected list perhaps joining Stuart Sink and the big man Bryson DeChambeau. But before we get to that, let's hit some news and headlines. News and headlines are brought to you by Sandbagger Hard Seltzer. Sandbagger, everybody knows one. All right, I mentioned it off the top there. Major Championship Week, U.S. Women's Open. Bob Brooke Henderson, we'll discuss her at length coming up in our next next segment, but she's playing some great golf right now, isn't she? Well, sure. She seems to always play some great golf, so it's uh, uh, not coming off a great performance on the weekend uh, or the last week at the, the match play, but besides that, she's had a solid year. And, you know, we've got uh, four Canadians in the field, three 
qualifiers, which is um, pretty remarkable on its own just to get through that qualifying and get in. But it's great. Listen, this is a great golf course at Olympic with uh, um, great history there, lots of elevation changes. It's a tough, hard golf course. It's mm. uh, it's sneaky, sneaky difficult, I think. It's one of those courses where you look at it and you might not think it's that tough, but I'll be interested to see how they tackle it. I'm really curious to see how they tackle it. And you can see coverage of that on TSN throughout the week as well. Looking forward to, to watching the U.S. Women's Open. Uh, speaking of players you know, who have won the U.S. Open before, Tiger Woods. And he had that unfortunate crash February 23rd, uh, severe injuries. But he spoke with Golf Digest uh, last Thursday really for the first time, uh, not on camera, but there were some quotes from Tiger, and he was talking about how he just wants to be able to walk on his own in his, in his life. That's his goal, and, and some of the rehab has been the most painful rehab he's ever experienced. Bob, it's good to hear Tiger speaking again. Obviously, some guys have watched or gone to visit him. Ricky Fowler watched the first round of the Masters with Tiger Woods, but it's good for Tiger, I guess, to have perspective that you know golf's golf's way down the line whether he touches a golf club again who knows but hopefully he's able to at least walk again at some point in his life yeah i think you know it wasn't a lengthy interview by any means but it did give us a lot of perspective as to a how severe the injury is and probably uh that it's going to be longer than we thought perhaps before we see tiger woods again and i don't mean playing golf i just mean out and about we this mm -hmm. is uh we've seen a picture of him here and there and i think he was at his son's soccer game uh, this week as well, there was a picture of him there. So there's a few, uh, a few more uh, answers to the mysteries around Tiger's injury, and it's uh, yeah, it's, at this point, it's it's not about playing golf; it's about uh, getting life back to normal. Absolutely, and you know, Tiger being Tiger did say he's still been in the gym working his upper body because he can, and and we know Tiger the way he is, so, so good for him. We hope to see Tiger at some point, you know, walking around uh, very. Uh, soon. Bob, it was a great weekend for Canadian golf, and this has been a common theme throughout the last couple of years all around for tours. But, you know, starting with Mike Weir, a great finish at the uh, KitchenAid Senior PGA Championship, had a four shot lead after two rounds, faltered a little bit on the weekend. But all in all, Mike Weir, he is playing some great golf right now. And really, we expected this last year now that he's fully healthy. To, to continue having some success on PGA Tour Champions? I think the fact that he's got a regular schedule now, he can pick and choose his spots. He can play when he wants to play and take a week off if he feels he needs it, I think is huge for him. And uh, he's, listen, he's a hard, hard worker. We know that. We've seen, seen him dig himself out of this big hole with injuries and with some, some weak play and things. So nice to see. He did stumble on the weekend for sure. The Saturday round was kind of hard to watch, but a lot of guys stumbled. I mean, even Steve Stricker on the last day, I think, was five or six over after going into the final round with the lead. So um, it wasn't like Mike was the only guy who was who was messing up. And then Adam Hadwin with a nice mm -hmm. top 10 at, uh, at the Colonial. And uh, uh, Monami LeBlanc had a good finish and tie eighth on the Symmetra Tour. Adam Svensson was runner-up on the Corn Ferry Tour. And if you really want to stretch things, you could say the winner of the of the the uh, Colonial was a Canadian. Jason Kokrak was actually born in Canada, although he's not a Canadian citizen. His mother was visiting some friends in uh, North Bay, Ontario, and he decided to come a little early. But mm. uh, So we'll, we'll claim him for this win. As long as he plays well, we'll claim him. Absolutely. We'll hear from Jason Kokrak a little later in the show, as I mentioned, becoming the third player to win two times on the PGA Tour this season. But you mentioned Adam Hadwin there. He's had one, now two top tens this season on the PGA Tour. 
we're used to seeing some more consistent play from Hadwin, but as we've spoken about at length, he has a new swing coach. You can tell in his pre-shot routine, there's a lot of, a lot of thoughts going on, similar to the weird waggle, but you know, Hadwin's really moving and almost getting into his impact position before hitting the ball, but it seems like some of these changes are really starting to pay off. He's, he, I spoke to him uh, last week before the PGA, and he was saying that the, the, the number one thing is really just being able to trust the changes and mm-hmm. commit to them. And I think once you get that where it doesn't feel like you're actually trying to put yourself into a position, I think anyone who's had a lesson try, you know, goes through this where it's not just a natural thing. It just doesn't happen. He's trying to take his hands a little bit out of the swing uh, a bit more, and he's trying to get a little bit more accurate with his iron shots. And I thought he did that really well. I thought one of the best moments was uh, on Friday, Friday, I think it was, where he almost made a hole-in-one, hits the flag, rolls back, almost goes in the water, and then he just turns around and chips it in. I mean, those are uh, those are moments and, and that tells you that life's, life's uh, good for you at, the, at these times. So I, I suspect we're seeing this could be a little bit of a turnaround for Adam. He's in the field um, at the U.S. Open, so we'll, or at the Memorial, I should say, this week. So uh, we'll see what he does there. And a great field at the Memorial as well. Many of the top players in the world in the field. Looking forward to seeing that. Looking forward to seeing some of the changes at Muirfield Village. I'll have a little more on that in Winners Weird and What. But, Bob, before we go to break, another story that we saw last week, and this sort of broke last Tuesday, Wednesday. It was a whole little feud on social media, starting with Phil Mickelson announcing that there's another match to go on. Phil Mickelson and Tom Brady taking on Bryson DeChambeau and Aaron Rodgers. And at first glance, maybe a bit of an eye roll thinking, oh, another one of these fun matches, whatever, it'll be entertaining. And then things decided to up the ante a little bit with Brooks Kepka chiming in, tweeting at Aaron Rodgers saying, sorry, bro. And then from there, Kepka and DeChambeau sort of went off. I guess, Bob, it's clear to say that these two just don't see eye to eye. Yeah, there's that. Or, or, don't forget, they're putting up $40 million for a, a purse for who sort of uh, is a personality on the PGA Tour. And who gets a lot of, one of the measurements is social media. And mm-hmm. nobody in the golf world had more social media going than last week than those two guys. So, who knows what they're up to, you know? I, I don't pretend that they they love each other they're best friends but maybe they're uh brothers in arms and trying to uh, stir this pot a little bit and uh, of course the next the next step we'll have to wait and see for is whether or not they get paired together for the u.s open that would be that would be just too much yeah you know what i was thinking about that as well and what would happen you know whether anyone else was paired with them you know whether it's a weekend round or let's say for the first first two rounds someone like Patrick Reed happens to be paired with them as well. Like the TV ratings would go through the roof. Yeah, it would be pretty fun, I think. Then, and that's good. I mean, that and it would also probably bring in a younger demographic than um, than we're used to seeing for U.S. Opens and other major golf championships. So, there's nothing really bad about what's going on with these two. I think it's very entertaining, and whether it's contrived or whether it's genuine, um, hey, I don't care. Yeah, absolutely. And and another guy on the forefront throughout that on social media of course was phil mickelson coming off that historic major championship winning at 50 years 11 months of the pga championship now a six-time major champion we'll talk about phil more in hour two did miss the cut at the charles schwab challenge not unexpected i think i mean coming off such a high of what he what happened at at uh, kiwa island i mean you can't really expect Phil to come back to back and play well again. Now that he's going to rest for a couple of weeks for the U.S. Open. 
Yeah, I think anytime you win, you know, your schedule, whether it's a major or not, it probably just gets amplified when it's a major. But anytime you win on the PGA Tour, you know, you get um, your your schedule gets thrown out of whack. There's things you didn't think you were going to do that you're going to do. So to try and prepare properly for the next week as you would week in and week out on the PGA Tour is very, very difficult. And uh, I think for Phil, this, that probably went too extreme. So not a, not a uh, big surprise to see him playing a, little, uh, playing a little loose with the game that looked so good just a week ago. 100%. He got off to a rough start on Thursday, played a little better on Friday, went home early. He'll be off to Torrey Pines a little early in anticipation to prepare. Who knows? The career Grand Slam on the line in a couple weeks at Torrey Pines. Let's see if Phil can rewrite history yet again. Well, speaking of rewriting history, Brooke Henderson looking for that second career major championship. She is the all-time winningest Canadian professional golfer. We'll discuss Brooke's chances at the U.S. Women's Open after the break. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by TaylorMade. Experience the drives every golfer wants to hit and no golfer wants to follow with the all-new Sim 2 driver. Only from TaylorMade. Visit TaylorMadeGolf.ca to learn more. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. And welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully alongside Bob Weeks. Mark Sacchino is off today. He will be back for Golf Talk Canada television this week, airing Wednesday at a different time, noon Eastern on TSN3. You can watch us for the first time as we will talk about a bunch of things in the golf world, but highlighted by, yes, Brooke Henderson. She is playing the U.S. Women's Open this week. You can see first round coverage on TSN 5 starting at 5 p.m. Eastern on Thursday at Olympic Club. And Bob, before we discuss Brooke Henderson, nothing better than primetime golf every once in a while. Mm -hmm. Coverage on TSN from 5 p.m. Eastern to 11 p.m. Eastern. I don't know about you, but a couple times a year, I think this is great television. Yeah, it's always nice to have a little uh, little fun with uh, the West Coast timings. And I think, uh, obviously, the governing bodies who put on the tournaments love it because it gets into prime primetime. And uh, you can jack up those commercial rates, I'm sure. But uh, it's great. It's going to be a fun week. Um, Olympic Club, for those who haven't seen it, uh, is really kind of a meandering, up and down hilly. And the, the dog legs work against the way the, the, the holes actually slope. So the slope goes away from the dog leg. So um, it's going to be tough. It was great. I remember that was the year that Webb Simpson won the U.S. Open. Last time they had a big major event there. And that was the time I remember when the... The Birdman came in and interrupted the, uh, the the trophy ceremony, which is something that I always remember about that. But uh, it's going to be interesting. It's 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 a good field, uh, the best field they have, and that's the one thing about women's golf. You know, they get great fields all the time, but at a, at a major, it even goes up one step higher. For sure. And you mentioned the Birdman there. I was recently watching an interview Webb Simpson did. And he actually recounted that or talked about that experience himself and did an imitation of the Birdman. And apparently the Birdman was at a couple different events later that year. I mean, in all of golf, to, you know, to think of U.S. Open ceremony, about to give uh, the trophy out and how someone can sneak onto the green like that without security. What are the, cha <laughs> the chances of that happening again, you'd think are slim to zero. It's uh, it's funny. I always remember going to the Open Championship, and there was always be some uh, someone streaking, either male mm. or female. We've had seen both sides of it, and I can remember one time the uh, the streaker. 
you know, it's basically just someone in the in the crowd, and then they whip off their coat and have nothing underneath, and they dash mm. into the ropes and run around, usually with an advertising slogan on their back. <laughs> and uh, one time they were taking this woman out. She had her covered up, the policeman, and they had to walk right by where the media was all set up with their cameras. And I just remember the policeman yelling, no pictures. And he was very stern and very serious about it. So, but uh, that's, uh, that's something hopefully we won't have to deal with any, uh, any streakers or people interrupting play this week at uh, Olympic. Yeah, let's hope there will not. be fans. Uh, there will be fans, which is good. And there will be fans. Yes. It, it's, it's interesting watching. I mean, given where we are, it's, we had some great news uh, breaking just before our show that 550 fully vaccinated frontline workers will be allowed to attend game seven tonight between the Leafs and Habs, a game you can also listen to right here on TSN 1050. But it's been awesome to see south of the border, you know, the Indy 500, there were over 100,000 fans, you know, Kentucky Derby, PGA Tour events. They, they look pretty normal now. So, you know, we're, we're on the right direction here. Awesome to see fans too at the U.S. Women's Open this week where our own Brooke Henderson will be looking for that second career major championship. Coming into this week, Bob, she has 15 consecutive stroke play rounds under par or with shooting par or better. Obviously, last week at the match play, uh, we're not going to, you know, didn't, didn't have her best stuff, but those aren't stroke play rounds, obviously. But given her consistent play, she has that win earlier this year. What, what are your expectations for Brooke heading into this week? Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I think I'm, I'm obviously optimistic. I think she'll be there. She's, she's been in contention in this tournament before, even when she was an amateur. She's played mm-hmm. very, very well in it. You know, the, it's, it's basically the same concerns. If you look at her stats, driving accuracy, just over 75%. And that's pretty good for her, for someone who hits it as far as she does. Uh, Greens in regulation, she's third with 80%. Then you get down kind of to the putting. And the putting average, she's 90th, just over about 30 and a half strokes per per round on average. And, you know, that's that's good, but but could be better. She's never going to be a great putter. So if she's a good putter, then then that goes a long way. But the sand saves number is also one that kind of, jumps out at me it's it's a short game number really it's she's 122nd she's only con- she's converting just a little over 25 percent of her sand shots so as much focus it's a little bit like uh like cory connor's recently you know if you look at their stats they uh you you automatically think it's the putting it's the putting it's the putting but a lot of those numbers are sort of i think put out of perspective just because of how many greens she hits but I think when you start looking at the short game numbers with the wedge play and the sand traps, I, I've heard this before from other uh, people, and I know she's worked hard at it. It's nothing that we're saying that Brooke doesn't know about, you know. But mm-hmm. that's equally as much of an issue, I think, as it is with the putter. So if she can ever get those two uh, synced up, then look out. You know, it's it's funny you mentioned Corey Connors because I guess it's a coincidence that their their games. Looking at Brooke Henderson and Corey Connors, they are pretty similar in terms of their ball striking machine. They hit a lot of greens. They make a lot of birdies. You look at Brooke Henderson. She's fourth on the LPGA Tour with 132 birdies. And as you mentioned, 90th in putting. You know, you think if if she could, you know, marry that putter and, and you know, heat it up a little more. We saw her earlier in the season tinkering with the left hand low. Obviously, Connors has gone to the same thing. But, you know, if she could get that putter you know, a little better, especially for the U.S. Open, where in all likelihood, you're not going to hit the same amount of greens you usually do because of the length of the rough, correct? Yeah, I think that's that's fair to say. And that's why I think the wedge play is going to be even more important. If you're around the greens in that long stuff, you have to try and find a way to get, 
get the ball close and save it. The one thing she has going for her is a strong mind. And in the U.S. Open, yeah. you are tested mentally more than perhaps any other tournament. You know, they you think you're playing terribly. You're making three bogeys and five holes, and you realize that most people are making four bogeys and five holes. Just, you know, sort of shooting out a, an example like that. But I think mm. uh, I think the thing about Brooks putting, too, that's different than Corey's, getting back to what you were saying before, is that Brooks a streaky putter. She can get very hot with the putter, and we've seen that especially when she wins. But she's, I think her lows are a little lower and her highs are a little higher. Whereas Corey is a little bit more evenly keeled. His, you know, his he's he's up a hundred spots in strokes gained putting this year, but his his lows and highs are are closer together now. So that's what Brooke I think would be, you know, if she could ever find a way to to, to emulate that and maybe get that going. Uh, as I say, look out. Chatting Brooke Henderson's chances this week at the U.S. Women's Open. Do you think, obviously, she, she puts a lot of pressure on herself to, to be the best in the world, obviously, and she is the greatest ever Canadian professional golfer. Looking at the stats, 10 wins. No one has that uh, as a Canadian professional. Do you, do you think maybe, like in major championships, looking at her recent stats, she had two top 10s in 2020 that T2 at the ANA Inspiration, and of course the, the Women's PGA Championship finishing sixth. But at the, at the U.S. Women's Open, hasn't had a top 10 since uh, 2015, also had one in 2014 as well. Do you think putting too much pressure on herself is part of it? I know you mentioned she is quite mentally strong. Uh, I would have said, you know, in the last few years, that's probably was was possible. I think she was not necessarily um, mature enough or have seasoned enough, maybe is a better word to use, in terms of how to uh, how to go about things and how to not worry as much. I think she sort of felt the outward pressure a little bit, especially I go back to things like the Olympics, um, mm -hmm. where I think she felt that she really had to produce for Canada. And that was, um, you know, I think had to and want to are two different things. I think she's matured enough now in that respect where, you know, I think the outside world doesn't really affect her as much um, in terms of what the expectations are on her. And, and her game, her game just continues to shine, you know, in as we've just said, pointed out with the recent run of, of, of good finishes. So I think she's matured in a lot of different ways with her golf game. It's not just how she hits the ball either. Definitely not. Another big part of her game is her caddy and her sister, Brittany. Um, and and she has she has a huge impact on her game, and it's it's great when you watch Brooke Henderson or see her in person. Like the the teamwork that they put together, like they are they are an all round team. And and Brittany's one of the only caddies that you really see now in in any form of golf on television who actually tends the flag, because you know with 30, 20, 30 feet out, a lot of players maybe will keep the flag in, or if they can't see it, they'll just leave it in. But, but Brittany sort of tends the flag for Brooke all the time, and she is a huge part of Brooke's success both on and off the golf course too. You know, uh, you know what part of that is? Brooke has very, very bad eyes. Oh, <laughs> it's one go. of the reasons why there is a tending of the flag. Uh, a lot of times when you see Brooke driving the golf ball, she tees off and she hits the ball and she just automatically reaches down and picks up her tee. Now, 90% of the time it's because she knows she's hit a good one. But... I can tell you probably 100% of the time is she has a, absolutely has no idea visually where that ball has gone. She can't see it. She's told me that a number of times over the years, which I think is quite almost hysterical. But, yeah, her eye, her eyesight is not the best, so I think that's a little bit of an aid to help her uh, um, see the hole as well. 
There you go. Well, Brooke Henderson in pursuit for that second career major championship. You can watch first round coverage on TSN 5 Thursday, Milta time, 5 p.m. Eastern, all the way to 11 o'clock at night. Primetime golf. You love to see it. Well, Brooke Henderson is one of four Canadians in the field at the U.S. Women's Open. One of the other ones, Rebecca Lee Bentham. Coming up after the break, we'll hear from Rebecca and her chances playing her third career U.S. Women's Open. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. This is Golf Talk Canada presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully alongside Bob Weeks. Mark Stino is off today. Well, the U.S. Women's Open. There are four Canadians in the field. Of course, we have Brooke Henderson. We have Megan Oslin. We have Noemi Paré. And we also have Rebecca Lee Bentham. We had her on the show last summer. And she, you know, Bob, she said quite a journey turning professional early out of school, getting burnt out, teaching, deciding, I want to give this another go. And, and now, Bob, she's in the U.S. Women's Open. Yeah, and, and as I said earlier, you know, trying to, uh, trying to get into the U.S. Open when you're not a status player like a Brooke Henderson or someone like that is so hard. It's a qualifying process. Is you got to be good on that one day when the, uh, when the bell goes off. And good for her, good for all three of the other Canadians outside of Brooke to, to make it into the field. And Rebecca Lee Bentham, as you said, is an interesting player. I think she had a lot of pressure from maybe some family pressure to try and perform, mm-hmm. and maybe they ground her in. I heard stories about you know, the, the amount of time she would spend working on her game, which was uh, above and beyond, I think, what anybody would sort of think would be legitimate or real. You have to give your time, time to rest as well. But I'm glad she's kind of back. And, and I think I haven't heard this interview yet, so I'm anxious to hear it uh, of doing it kind of on her own terms this time. Yeah, 100% for sure. And, and as some of our listeners and viewers know, I went to high school with Rebecca. So I saw her working hard, both on the golf course, incredibly hard worker in the classroom as well. And some of those Uh, Some of those long hours are now paying off again as she prepares for the U.S. Women's Open. I recently had a chance to catch up with with Rebecca as she prepares to play this week. Alongside Rebecca Lee Bentham, one of the four Canadians in the field at the U.S. Women's Open, currently playing on the Symmetra Tour. Rebecca, welcome to the show and congratulations on making it to the U.S. Women's Open. Thanks, Adam. Thanks for having me. Good to be with you again. How are preparations going for the U.S. Women's Open? Uh, preparation is going well. Um, I decided to take this week off. So there is a symmetry event this week in Mission Hills in Florida. Mm. I decided um, not to play in just so that I, I can come to the West Coast a bit earlier, adjust to the time um, and have that little uh, balance between practice and um, I guess rest before the big week. For sure. It's a massive week. Um, that's for sure. Now, you also spent some time at the TaylorMade Kingdom. We're a TaylorMade show on Golf Talk Canada. What was that like for you? I've been there a couple of times, and to me, it's just paradise. Yeah, I mean, it's like a playground for golfers, I would say. The the conditions on the grass that you get to hit to the balls and just the atmosphere, it's awesome. 
got to meet Trotty, um, Chris Trot, and he's awesome. He's a lot of fun to work with, quite the character, um, obviously knows what he's doing. So um, put me in some good stuff for this week. So I'm excited. Now, did you make any alterations to the bag given, you know, the, the tough conditions of the U.S. Women's Open? Did you make any changes? Yeah, so I know we're going to be playing it pretty long. So a lot of focus on the longer clubs, driver, woods, hybrids. Nice. Um, so yeah, definitely made some changes there and uh, feeling pretty confident in them. That's awesome. Okay, let's talk about Oakmont, where you shot rounds of 69-70 to qualify for the U.S. Women's Open. What was that day like for you? Uh, so this is Oakmont in Texas, right? So right. Um, it's a nice course, but it was very rainy. So it was very wet um, conditions. Mm -hmm. And it's 36 holes in one day, but we had to finish the following day because we got rained out. So there's oh. two delays. We couldn't finish. Um but yeah, I came back, had two and a half holes to finish, part out, um, saw that I was tied with one other girl. We had to go into a playoff and she drained a 20 foot putt on me on the first hole for birdie, um, had a must make 12 footer, made it and went to the next hole, hit the pin with my five iron. Um, so hit it to like three feet, made the putt for birdie to get a spot into the open. So yeah, it was a cool experience. <laughs> now that, that's incredible. That's unique. That's different. But what was it like overnight? Because you've got two and a half free holes to go. You have to sleep on that. You know what you have to do. What was that like sleeping with that kind of pressure upon you? Right. Uh, I mean, I try my best not to overthink it. Right. I just told myself it's just two more holes. Go out there. Um, you're in a good position. Um, they didn't have I guess live scoring to see exactly where it was and how other people were doing. You can only see the scores from the first round, but I knew I was in a good position. Um, so I just felt like if I don't do anything horrendous, um, you know, and I've played golf many times where uh, I had to come back early in the morning and, you know, just kind of do it cold Turkey ish, but just drawing from experience, I guess helps. That's awesome. Now, what was the, what was it like for you seeing the reaction from friends, from family, from people on social media, congratulating you? Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, just the support I have, um, I guess a lot of people kind of know my story, how I stopped playing and, uh, went to coaching and this is kind of my first full year competing again. Um, and yeah, it's, it's amazing to see the support that I have friends, families, uh, sponsors, and I definitely wouldn't be here without them. So it's great. Were there any notable um, ones in particular that really stood out to you in terms of congratulation texts or social media tweets, that sort of thing? Um, not really that, that one that stands out. I mean, yeah. the people who are close to me um, and especially sponsors that kind of um, like Dave's Hot Chicken, they've been really great to me and it's just a cool experience for them. Um, it's like, they're not really into the golf world, but mm -hmm. to kind of have that combination, um, I think is fun. Um, but yeah, I think just the support back from Canada, like PGF Canada and all the people who, uh, I guess know my journey and then see and appreciate like mm -hmm. what it takes. Um, I think that that's cool to me. We're in conversation here with Rebecca Lee Bentham, one of four Canadians in the field at the U.S. Women's Open. And now it's being taken place at the Olympic Club. How much do you know about the Olympic Club? 
I played it once. So oh, okay. I played in the events in San Francisco when I was on the LPGA tour at Lake Merced. Mm -hmm. So I played that event a few times. And then there was one time I missed the cut. And, um, but the uh, bright side was that I got to play Olympic club. And mm -hmm. so, um, but this was a long time ago and my memory with courses is not the best. So um, I couldn't really tell you about the course much, but I'm excited to get out there uh, this week and play some practice rounds. Now, maybe one of the last times the world has seen the Olympic club was the 2012 us open that Webb Simpson won. Have you gone back and maybe looked at YouTube and seen some of his highlights at all? Maybe not yet. No, <laughs> I didn't even come to mind. I've been just so busy traveling, <laughs> playing, traveling, playing. <laughs> so maybe if I have some downtime, that'll be my go-to. Thanks for the record. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Now I mentioned you're one of four Canadians in the field, obviously, including Brooke Henderson. She won her 10th career LPGA tournament recently. What's your relationship like with her and how motivating is it to see her succeed so well on the world stage? Yeah, it's been great to watch her succeed, right? For sure. I, I've known her since she was a little girl growing up. Um, I was close to her sister, Brittany. We played, we're around the same age. So we played a lot of tournaments together. Team Canada, um, we were roomies. Um, and then Brooke was always the little sister kind of following um, in her footsteps. And I don't know, it's really cool to see someone up and coming as a young girl on Team Canada that I kind of overlooked and stuff and to see her win 10 times it's, it's crazy and it's great for uh the young girls in Canada to look up to and be motivated by her and definitely what she's doing is great that's spectacular now uh you're from the Toronto area but you spent a lot of the winter training and practicing in Dubai how did that come to be and what was it like for you spending so much time in Dubai uh, yeah just it's because of COVID right and yeah Usually I would come to the U.S. Um, the last couple of years I've been going to California, but with COVID, the cases were higher and a little iffy. Um, and then uh, I don't know if you know Alex Riggs and Claudine Fong. They're also Canadian, a power couple that live there now. Um, so Alex Riggs is an instructor, coach, and then Claudine's uh, like a trainer. Uh, she does a lot of golf-specific stuff. And so... Um, yeah, I reached out to Claudine and I was just like, what's Dubai like? Because that was one of the places where you can travel to without having to 14 day quarantine, uh, which was important to me. I didn't want to go somewhere, have to quarantine and waste time. Um, then she told me how great the weather is, how great the golf is. And then I was just like, you know what? I might as well go for it. It's going to be another cool life experience. And it turned out to be one of the best experiences of my life to go down there. So. Oh, I mean, following you on social media throughout the winter, being locked down here in the Toronto area was, I was very jealous throughout it, but uh, awesome experience for you to be in Dubai for such a long time. Now, something else I have to point out, you're also a panelist for the preferred lie. Tell us about that and how much that means to you as well. Yeah, they reached out to me because they said they wanted to have a female and I was right on board for that because I feel like the golf industry does need more females in mm -hmm. every sector and um i definitely have played my good share of golf courses around the world and um i thought it was a good learning experience for me to be a person like that um to learn more of the architecture golf um side of things and yeah i think it's just kind of starting um i've been so busy i don't think i've been that much of a help to them yet but i'm, I'm looking forward to what it's going to become and, and it's growing so looking forward to it 
You've come a long way, Rebecca, after briefly stopping your pro career. Now you've come back all the way. You're playing in the U.S. Women's Open. Before we let you go, expectations heading into the week. It's a big one. I just want to uh, enjoy the moment. Um, this is my third U.S. Open, and it is a special event. It's not like any other. And um, I know the course is going to be tough, and so I just want to play my game, focus on what I uh, have control over, and um, it's easy to kind of get overwhelmed with the players around you and just the whole uh, atmosphere, but I'm going to try to stay focused um, and definitely just play the course the way I know how to. Well, all of us here in Canada are rooting for you, Rebecca. Thanks for your time today and good luck in the U.S. Women's Open. Thank you. It was fun chatting. <laughs> that was Rebecca Lee Bentham, one of four Canadians in the field at the U.S. Women's Open. Bob, before we go to break, one of the things that really stuck out to me from that interview was her last answer, talking about how she wants to enjoy the moment. Because for a lot of players, a major championship stage is massive. Some it can be too big if you're hovering near near the cut or even near the top of the leaderboard. But it seems like Rebecca has a, a level head on her shoulders and she's going to go and just try to enjoy the moment and embrace it. That's uh, That takes a lot of the pressure off, I think, as well. If you just kind of go in with that attitude of, I'm just going to go and enjoy myself rather than I'm going to go and do this or have a specific number or specific goal in terms of I want to win. or I'm mean, sure they all want to win. But I think knowing what, what she's probably come from before, and uh, I think she's got a good perspective on how she wants her career to unfold. And listen, you never, you never know if you're going to get into another major or not. So why not enjoy it? Enjoy the ride. Absolutely. Now, I mentioned there are four Canadians uh, in the field, and I know, Bob, you're set to speak uh, with one of them uh, shortly. Um, tell us, uh, Megan Oslin, am I, am I right there? Uh, t yep. Tell us a little about Megan. Megan Oslin is a young professional from Kelowna. She uh, played at uh, San Jose State uh, University for a while and has been sort of playing on mini tours, a little bit on Symmetra, a little bit on some of the other tours that pop up. Uh, one of the more interesting stories about her was in April of this past year, just really just a few weeks ago, she uh, she won her first uh, won her first pro professional event. And it came uh, just a few days after her longtime coach, Sean Richardson, who was a prominent teaching professional out in BC, passed away from cancer. Uh, so a very motivated person. And the other interesting thing about Megan is she's left-handed. There are not many left-handed women golfers in the world compared certainly to the men uh, and, and especially in Canada, which is, you know, has a huge rate of, of left-handed golfers, uh, many of whom should be right-handed, but because of hockey, generally speaking, they picked it up and just decided to stay on that side of the book golf ball. Um, and I'm going to ask her about being a left-handed golfer in the women's field. Cause I, I really honestly can't believe, can't tell you the last time there was a regular left-handed woman player on the LPGA tour, Angela Buzminski, who's from uh, Oshawa, Ontario. And I think she now lives down in Texas played for a few years, uh, but I don't really remember too many other left-handed golfers. So we'll find that out from Megan and get her perspective on what she's uh, hoping for this week. Well, there's, there's that great story of Mike Weir writing that letter to Jack Nicholas saying, you know, should I switch? Should I switch? And he didn't switch. He's a left-handed player and now one of the greatest Canadian golfers of all time, obviously. Well, Bob, coming up after the break, we are going to give away some meat. A $100 gift card, Mr. Butcher. We're giving that away next. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. 
This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada, wrapping up the front nine, hour one right here on GTC. Adam Scully alongside Bob Weeks. Mark Sacchino is off today. And Bob, it's a big time in the show because it is time to give away some meat. meat. Mr. Butcher, yes, it's a big day, big day. So if you only are listening to us live, I must say that, live listeners right now, we are opening up the phone lines, 416-870-1050, 416-870-1050. The first person to answer this question, you are getting a $100 gift card from Mr. Butcher. Here's the question. Jason Kokrak is the third player to have two PGA Tour wins. One more time. Jason Kokrak is the third player to have two PGA Tour wins this season. Can you name one of the other two? The first person to answer that question correctly you are winning some meat the uh mr butcher was uh, prominently featured in my sunday meal we had a beautiful rack of lamb last night delivered by um mr butcher in our well we have about a, we have about a every order about every three weeks or so right now i know we're not getting discounts we're paying the full freight which is so don't i'm not doing this because i'm shilling it is amazing the food is amazing i had a steak last week from there as well and uh I even have hot dogs from Mr. Butcher, so there you go. They're Nathan's you know Franks. What? They're great. It's it's funny you mention hot dogs, Bob, because my dad is also a big fan of Mr. Butcher products, thinks they're delicious. He's ordered a number of different um, products from Mr. Butcher, and Mr. Butcher actually reposted his Instagram of said hot dogs. So for those out there, Ricardo's Home Grill, <laughs> give it a follow. He, uh, he's, quite a, he's quite a cook, I must say, but we had a couple different uh, kinds of hot dogs that evening, including a Chicago dog, which, nice. was, which was almost fully legit, but we didn't have the Lake Michigan water. So we couldn't uh. quite call it an official Chicago dog, but still, Bob, a lot of... And you've had some pizza from there, is that right, too? I had pizza dough, so they give you the pizza ball and you make it into the crust. Oh, it's so good. Now, it took me a little bit to sort of figure exactly out how to spread it all out, but that'll be on the next order. And uh, shrimp we've had from there, scallops, scallops as big as hockey pucks. I mean, it's uh, it's just fantastic stuff. And you just, I mean, most of the stuff we throw in the freezer and then we pull it out when we want to have something that night. And uh, the barbecue has had a workout, I'll tell you. It's been great. And Mr. Butcher is going to be a big part of my summer. Yeah, that's for sure uh, with us as well. Mr. Butcher, a lot of great products. We'll announce our winner shortly of uh, the $100 gift card from Mr. Butcher. Now, Bob, as well, another big thing of giveaways on Golf Talk Canada, of course, is 20 weeks of TaylorMade. And we're doing it a little differently this year. Um, all you have to do, follow Golf Talk Canada. Follow, follow TaylorMade Canada on Twitter and Instagram and then tag your golfing buddies. Bob, this week we're giving away, later this afternoon, a Spider EX putter. Ooh, that's a nice, uh, that's a nice model. I've got the other, the, like just the regular Spider. I'm kind of mm-hmm. like Dustin, you know, what kind, of, what kind of putter do you have? Well, it's tailor-made. That's kind of what mine is. I'm not sure exactly what model it is. It's been working really well this year, though. So I'm very happy with it. Uh, it's, that's a great prize for somebody to win. And, and as I say, look, 
not doesn't take much to enter. I know I see a lot of the people, you know, I see them a lot of the people entering this year. It's been a really good response so far this year. So lots of people are vying to get in on this uh, great contest. Yeah, you mentioned a lot of people interacting with us and, and responding, you know, since we actually started uh, the 2021 20 weeks of TaylorMade, I believe this is week eight, we have gained nearly 3,200 followers on Instagram alone. So uh, kudos, wow. bravo to everyone out there listening, watching, following us on social media because you're making this, this giveaway what it is. And I, I got to tell you as well, Bob, you know, the final giveaway at the end of the year, a through the bag custom fitting, you, you feel like a pro for the day. It's, it's an unbelievable experience. And now I, I know you've, you've, bet you've played, I guess, two and a half rounds of golf. And this is with the new Sim 2 products. Tell us about what you have in the bag and yeah. how it's working. Um, so I've got uh, Sim 2 Max irons and I like them. I'm hitting them a little higher, which is something that I always have a little difficulty with. And I think I owe a bit part of that to the fitting process that we went through, which is always good. You get the right shafts in there. And I'm really liking the hybrids. I must say I've hit them very, very well so far in limited um, scope, but that's been pretty good for me. So I, I'm, uh, I'm feeling good about everything I've got in the bag. The wedges are the ones I'm still trying to get a little used to. I switched my uh, lofts this year. I went from mm. 60 and 56 down to 58 and 54. And um, I'm still sort of figuring out where I, and when I use each one of those ones yet. So there's still a little bit of learning. And of course, my dad is the same way. He's got, he, he's got some new tailor mades this year. He was out at the range all weekend trying to work on his uh, distances and try to figure out. He hasn't had new clubs in like 20 years. So there's a big change for him. I don't know how yours are doing, Adam, but, uh, but so far, so good for me. Well, you know, Bob, that I do my best to hit bombs out there and I'll do just about anything to try to, you know, in my pursuit to hit bombs and straight bombs, I will say that as well. And with Sim 2 Driver, I love the sound of it. I love the look of it. I love the ball flight on it. Uh, they fit me into a nine degree driver this year, which is the lowest oh. I've ever certainly had. I, I went from 12 degrees a couple of years ago all the way down to nine. So my swing has changed a little bit. And and you know, Bob, I'll tell you, we're hitting some bombs out there. Think, things are happening. Nice. Things are going relatively straight. And I will say before we go to break as well, I was fit into the uh, P7MB, so the blades. And so I, wow. I've got blades from head to toe, from four iron to pitching wedge. And I got to tell you, they are incredible. They're great out of the rough. I can shape it both ways because, spoiler alert, I don't always hit it straight. Sometimes you have to hit some boomerang fades and boom, boomerang hooks because, you know, hitting it in, in the right fairway, Bob, all the time, it's, it's not for me. I, I like to spice things up and play things from different fairways. <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, dear. Well, it's uh, it's nice to be back out playing. Anyway, whatever you're using, whatever you're slinging these days, be be happy when you're out in the golf course. Absolutely. It's great to be out playing. We're now two, eight, two weekends into the 2021 golf season here in Ontario. Uh, from the response I've heard from different members where I'm at, at Baby Country Club or people on social media or friends, everyone's just thankful to be out there. No one's complaining about pace of play. Everyone's just happy to be out there. It's great for our mental health. It's great for our physical health. So uh, awesome that we're back out golfing. Looking forward to many rounds here uh, as we go on. Our Mr. Butcher winner is Mac Dixon. You have won a $100 gift card from Mr. Butcher. 
Uh, please post it on social media uh, of what you cook. Looking forward to seeing uh, what comes from that because as Bob and I just mentioned, there are a lot of different products you can have uh, from Mr. Butcher. Well, that does it for hour one right here on Golf Talk Canada. Bob, on the other side, we are going to recap Jason Kokrak's victory at the Charles Schwab Challenge and also another great week for Jordan Spieth. All that and more coming up next right here on Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. Thank you for listening to Hour 1 of GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television, weekly on the TSN Television Network. This is Hour 2 of Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. Kicking off the back nine, hour two, right here on Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully alongside Bob Weeks. Mark Zacchino is off today. He'll be back to television on Wednesday. Now, Bob, I know this is a golf show, of course, but here in Toronto, there's a big, pretty big, pretty big game tonight, some would say. Game seven, Maple Leafs, Montreal Canadiens. You can watch that right here on TSN. 10:50, but some big news coming out of this morning's morning skate. Jake Muzzin's going to be out, unfortunately, for three weeks, and John Tavares is skating uh, with the team in the optional morning skate. Who knows if he'll play? Bob, I'm not sure much of the series you've been watching, but uh, imagine a John Tavares heroic comeback. You would think this would—they'd uh, have to write the movie starting now. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Maybe like Bobby Bond when playing on the broken leg in Game Seven, but. Uh, yeah, that's a big blow. And here's another big blow for you. Uh, Bianca Andreescu has lost at uh, the first round of the French Open this morning. Wow. Upset and a three-set uh, match. So uh, that's not good for uh, Canadian sports today. But um, onward and upward we go. Onward and upward we go. And speaking of onward and upward, how about Jason Kokrak? I mean, winning a second PGA Tour event of the season. And Bob, I know you were pretty high on Kokrak heading into the PGA uh, Championship as sort of a, a dark horse player or a pick. But now that he has two wins on the PGA Tour this season alone, only becoming the third player to do such a thing so far in 2021, you got to think for both of the majors coming up, the U.S. Open and the Open Championship as well, he, he has to be someone to consider. Yeah, and the big reason we were talking before about uh, Brooke and about Corey and about the putting and improving that. So here's here's an interesting stat. Here's where here's where Jason Kokrak has ranked in the last few years in strokes gained putting. 2016, 154th. 17, 175th. 18, 110th. 19, 103rd. 2020, 151st. This year, he is ranked 7th. And he did a big made a big commitment to trying to improve his putting, but he's also got his caddy helping him to read the putts and doing a lot of the reading of the putts as well. And listen, if this guy can putt, he's already a monster long driver. So if he can put both ends together, he's going to do a, a lot and potentially, uh, you know, works himself onto a Ryder Cup team. So we'll see, see how far he can play and what he can do in the next few majors as well. 
Imagine the Ryder Cup, the, the depth the U.S. has right now on that team. You think heading into the year, three, three guys alone, Stuart Sink picking up two victories, Jason Kokrak picking up two victories, Phil Mickelson winning a major championship. Obviously, no one saw that coming, but Steve Stricker is going to have a very tough call ahead of him for who he's going to select to play on that team at Whistling Straits. Before we talk more about the Charles Schwab Challenge, let's hear now from Jason Kokrak picking up his second PGA Tour win of the season. I just told myself, just like I did the last time I won, I said, stay patient, one shot at a time. You know, I, you know I, that sounds you know, like everybody else, but, um, you know, you can't get ahead of yourself in this game. Uh, this game doesn't owe you anything, and, you know, you take each shot for what it is. I mean, whether you make a bogey or a, a par or a birdie, I mean, each hole is uh, an individual match against yourself. And Jordan was there the whole day. He was up a couple, down a couple, and, uh, you know, I made my mistakes, he made his mistakes, and, I just uh, I tried to stay patient. I made a couple of nice birdies, uh, a couple of nice putts on the front to get back to even, and then you know started hitting the ball a little bit better uh, through the middle of the round. A couple of little hiccups there, uh, a miscue with an eight iron, but you know things like that when uh, when you're in the heat um, are going to happen. Jason Kokrak wins his second PGA Tour event of the season at the Charles Schwab Challenge. Rounds of 65, 65, 66, and 70. Now, Bobby mentioned in that clip. The match play, what it sort of felt like with Jordan Spieth coming down the stretch. It was a good back and forth, but Jordan Spieth uh, shooting three over par. Kind of surprising, you would think, given the way he has dominated this golf course in the past and his recent run heading into this tournament as well. I'm a little surprised at that for sure. And I think a lot of people, I think Jordan probably was as well. And it did seem like the two of them were sort of stumbling their way home with uh, some hiccups here and there, a couple of bogeys, back-to-back bogeys for uh, for Kokrak coming in, and then uh, that shot. I know I know Jordan Spieth had to try and go for it, but he ends up putting that pulling that shot just a bit and putting it into the water, which really kind of um, snuffed out any big disasters or any big comeback possibilities for him. So nice to see Jason Kokrak win. He's 13th now in the Ryder Cup standings, and um, you got to think he uh, he's got more in the tank. He's uh, He's won twice now this season. There's only interesting stat. Here's an interesting stat about winning twice in a season. So we talked about the three players who've won multiple times this this PGA Tour season. Uh, Jack Nicklaus won multiple times on the PGA Tour, 17 consecutive <laughs> years, <laughs> 62 to 78. Imagine that, winning consistently t- double figures or at least more than once for 17 years in a row. That's just absolutely remarkable. That's one. That's why he's one of, if not the greatest player we'll ever see in the game of golf. A remarkable run of consistency for Jack Nicklaus, but for Jordan Spieth now. I mean, heading into the offs or heading into this year, back in uh, in December, January, we did a little feature uh, for TSN.ca and SportsCenter on you know three players with question marks, and at that time we picked Brooks Kepka, Rory McIlroy, and Jordan Spieth. Now, all players have won already in 2021, but for Jordan Spieth, he has eight top tens in his last 11 starts. This is something that, I don't, like, did you see this coming? Because the way he was playing, you know, you think back to the U.S. Open in September, he, he was standing over the ball for 28 seconds. He couldn't pull the trigger. Yeah, and, I mean, let's, let's face it, he was lost. He admitted that. He said, and it's never been just one thing on this comeback trail. You know, at one point it was his driver, then it was his putting. Then it was his wedge play. He's kind of gone from one to one, which isn't totally uncommon when you're trying to fix one part of your game. You spend so much time on the driver that you forget about going to the putting green, working on things like that. But uh, I think it's 
you know, Jordan's driver is never going to be his strength. It's never going to be great, but he's managed it now in a way where he can get himself into position and, and use that putter to his strength a lot more. I just think that, um, I don't know. It's, it's interesting to see where Jordan's speeds come. I'm, uh, obviously, he's come back because he's won and he's on this great streak. But you'll wonder if something like this, how he'll take it. Will it be glass half full, glass half empty? You know, here's a good chance to win this tournament on a course that you said, Adam, you know, he knows so well. And you just wonder if he's feeling, oh, man, I just let one get away there. Or if he's feeling, well, let's go on to the next one and see if I can regroup and, and get it going again. Well, I think we'll find out a little bit more probably when we get to the U.S. Open. Absolutely. And Jordan Spieth is in the field this week at the Memorial, which we'll get into in a little bit as well. But it, it, it is fascinating seeing Jordan Spieth and the swing changes he has made from a technical side of things. Looking at a side by side of Spieth's swing from 2015, 16, 17 into this year, I know we're on radio, so it's hard to really describe this, but <laughs> now he's in a much more laid off position. Like his, his swing has totally changed. And you think back, obviously, that all the changes Tiger Woods made throughout his career, essentially rebuilding his golf swing three or four times, and now he's not really he doesn't have an instructor when he has been playing. Um, but it, it goes to the same thing with Adam Hadwin, right? I mean, when you're making changes in your golf swing, it's it's going it's going to take some time for it to feel comfortable because you're doing something that just feels radically different. And for Spieth, I know there's, you know, he's always got a lot of thoughts in, in his brain, but it seems like all those changes now, I mean, with a second place finish and clearly not having your best stuff on Sunday, he's, he's going to be right there. And one of the favorites you'd say for the U S open. One thing that hasn't changed about him is the way he talks to himself, man. Did you see a couple times this weekend? He went on for like 40 seconds. It seemed like just yapping and yapping and yapping and, calling himself in the third person and uh, or t talking to Michael Greller. And it's just, uh, it's actually fascinating to me to watch that. I don't think I could do that. It's just so weird and uh, uh, different for me, but, but he seems to do it and he's done it all the way through. Sometimes he's talking good stuff. Sometimes he's scolding himself. Sometimes mm -hmm. he's questioning Greller. It's just some sort of outlet, I guess, for him to do. But uh, a couple of times this weekend, it was just like overboard in terms of how long those conversations with himself were. There was a couple times in particular on Friday during the second round on the 10th hole, he was in the first cut and he was talking with Michael Greller as caddy about how he, he knows he can hit a nine iron. I think it was 155 yards, but he couldn't trust it in competition yet because it's these new changes. The ball's going slightly farther and he hit the shot 40 feet long. And he said, Mike, I, I just couldn't trust it. And the same thing happened on the 18th hole where, like you said, they were talking and PJ Tour tweeted out this conversation. They were talking for 45 seconds to a minute and he had 110 yards into a par four. You think, okay, flip your wedge and you're 10 feet, whatever. And so they're having this lengthy debate about, you know, what club he wants to hit, how hard he wants to hit it. And Spieth hits the shot. And the second he hits it, he said, Mike, I hit that off the equator off the middle of the face, skulls it over the green. Uh, funny to think how that worked out for, for Jordan Spieth. But, uh, you know, like I mentioned, he has to be a favorite heading in uh, to the U.S. Open as well. And uh, it's another player that we'll talk about here that I know we mentioned as well in hour one, but we can talk about him again, is Adam Hadwin. And this is a guy who uh, he's played on two international President's Cup teams, always you know, up there in terms of world rankings and in, in the you know top 80, top 70 plus. But this, this year has been a struggle for him. And we know him as a, a fiery competitor when things get rough. But now it seems like he's back on the way up after a great finish at Colonial. 
Yeah, we talked about his swing changes earlier in the show. Uh, I think one thing that we probably don't focus on enough is he's 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 a, a guy who can um, who can get down on himself. You know, when things don't go right on the golf course, he kind of beats himself up, and so there's a big mental hurdle for him. He he did get over it um, earlier in his career, where he was sort of a hot-headed guy, and he would on occasion he would actually even throw a club, uh, not necessarily on PGA Tour days, but but on his mm-hmm. uh, maybe McKenzie Tour, PGA Tour Canada days. And I think now he's gotten around to the point where um, where he realizes it, and he's got his caddy, um, Joe Cruz, trying to help him out with just, you know, keep me pumped up, keep me thinking positive, don't worry about the last shot, let's think about the next shot. So that's as big, and, and when you're going through a, a, a lull at the bottom, like such a swing change like he is these days, I think that probably can can dig in you a little bit more than uh, than when you're playing well, obviously. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, great to see Adam Hadwin playing some good golf now and back on the way up. Now, speaking of Canadians playing some good golf, Corey Connors, again, it didn't seem like he had his best stuff this week. He was, you know, pl- he was he played some solid golf, obviously coming T20, um, and which Corey Connors now 14 top 25s in 22 events this season. We are high on him heading into the PGA Championship, obviously held the uh, Thursday evening lead after one round at the PGA Championship. But again, like we spoke about with Brooke Henderson and how similar Brooke Henderson and Corey Connors are with the U.S. Open just a couple weeks away, Corey Connors has to be on people's radar. Uh, I like the fact that what Corey Connors has done so well this year is turn those 40th place finishes into inside the top 20 or 25. Um, turn those 25th and 35th into top 10s or into the teens. You know, those are important marks. And it just shows you that it it doesn't take a ton to kind of do that in terms of Mm -hmm. execution. It's just consistency of the execution that he's done. And as you said, you know, he's had this great run of of top 20s and top 25s this year that are really just remarkable. So I I like the fact that he... um, that he's doing that. And I like the fact that going into the U S open, he's playing well. I think the U S open is probably the major that's best suited for him. A guy who, mm-hmm. you know, who hits fairways and hits greens, obviously can do well at any kind of a U.S. open setup, which is traditionally focused on don't get off the fairway and don't miss the green. So, you know, he came close. He's come close in, the, in a few majors this year. Let's see what he can do uh, when he gets to, um, gets to Torrey Pines. Yeah, it's going to be fascinating to see Corey Connors. You know, he's had some some good finishes at the last three major championships, so he's gaining that experience of when he is in the mix, you know, in a final group or one of the final groups come Sunday afternoon to, you know, go back on that experience and see what he can do uh, going forward. Before we go to break, Bob, another big story in the golf world at Charles Schwab Challenge is the the struggle or continuing struggles of Justin Thomas. You know, since winning the Players' Championship, his finish is a T42, T21, T13, T26, miscut, and a T40. It's puzzling to see what's happening with Justin Thomas because aside from that win at the Players' Championship, we know what happened off the golf course for, uh, for or I guess on the golf course and off the golf course for Justin Thomas earlier in 2021. This has been a strange sort of, you know, stretch here for him, hasn't it? Yeah, I don't, I don't know what to make of this. I mean, he was playing poorly before, and we attributed that to a lot of stuff that was going on off the golf course, death of his grandfather and some remarks that he made. And um, I, I don't really know what you attribute this late sort of falter or swoon, whatever you want to call it. It, it could be still the same things. We don't know. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's an unusual for me to see, to think that he's just not able to compete in some of these courses where he's traditionally played pretty well over his career. So 
I don't know. We'll, we'll, have, we'll watch for him over the next few weeks and see what, what happens. But there's no real rhyme or reason as to why his game has suddenly started to go on the downside. Yeah, he's still first in the PGA Tour in birdie average this season, but 156th in driving accuracy, 85th in strokes gained putting. I know in particular the last couple of weeks have been a big struggle for Justin Thomas on the greens, but you know, still one of the top players in the world. We'll see what kind of game uh, he shows up with at the U.S. Open at Torrey Pines in just a couple of weeks. A great golf course, and Bob, speaking of great golf courses, Muskoka Bay here in the GTA Ontario region, they have just opened up golf as well, always one of the best courses in terms of manicuring and, and how it's set up and how great a shape it's always in. Well, after the break, we're going to hear from Bruce Rogerson from Muskoka Bay about the opening of their golf season, what we can expect at the Muskoka Bay Resort for 2021. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club and Resort. Live, stay, and play. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully alongside Bob Weeks. Mark Kino is off today. You just heard Muskoka Bay off the top there, and Bob, uh, you know, Muskoka Bay is one of the great golf courses in the GTA in Ontario in terms of, you know, you drive it to Muskoka, it's got an unbelievable look to it. Uh, I'm not sure, when was the last time you were up there, Bob? Uh, I don't think I made it last year, maybe a couple of years ago before that. It's, uh, it's really one of the top, probably 25 golf courses in the country, I would say. Great yeah, facility, it's, it's too. Been, facility it's a beautiful. great facility. Uh, a, a world-class practice facility, uh, lots of great dining, uh, outdoor dining as as well. Once you know things, the COVID numbers continue to improve, the out, the indoor dining experience there uh, is quite awesome as well. And recently, our own Mark Sakino had a chance to catch up with Bruce Rogerson from Muskoka Bay for an outlook here of the 2021 season. Bruce, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. Great to see you face-to-face. I hope we can do this in person soon. Let's start with the good news. Golf course is open. We've opened for the season. Tell us about that, and let me guess. It's in perfect shape already. Yeah, the, the one, I uh, guess, silver lining with this whole COVID thing is uh, it's given our superintendent, Chris Goodman, some time to uh, – further elevate the uh, Muskoka Bay uh, golf facilities. Uh, it's wonderful right now. We wintered really well and uh, obviously very, very excited to be open as of last Saturday. So uh, the people here are buzzing and uh, it's been long overdue and we're very happy to be uh, operational. All right, before we get into some of the stuff that you still have to reopen, uh, let's talk some good news. You know, the course has been ranked inside the top 10 on multiple occasions on many different lists in, in terms of Canadian golf. But you have found a new placement on the golf.com list, and, and it's a world list. I believe number 74 uh, yes. global list uh, for uh, – world. excuse me, world list for golf.com? Yeah, it's, it's, uh, we just got that notification there uh, last week, and uh, very excited to see that, obviously. Anytime you uh, crack the top 100, uh, I think, worldwide, uh, that's obviously a very big carrot. Um, you know, we're, we're obviously very, very proud of our facilities – um, and to make that list just, just further, uh, I think, exemplifies the hard work that's gone into this property over the years. Um, you know, we're s- 
so blessed with uh, like a found uh, a fantastic you know place to play golf. Uh, further to that, now with the resort offerings, uh, we're really excited to be able now to uh, even further elevate our brand with uh, you know a new hotel on board. Uh, there's new uh, new plans for a further uh, 50 room hotel coming on board in the near future. So uh, things are really starting to ramp up here at the uh, resort as, as we move into a four season uh, facility. So yeah, very, very exciting times. So you mentioned the new hotel. Okay. So, you know, I've stayed there many times, very lucky to uh, be able to come up once in a while. You've got loft space, you've got four bedroom, three bedroom villas, but now this new hotel, this is adjacent to the 18th uh, hole of the golf course. Uh, is I was under the impression it was it was a condo facility. So is it going to double dip as a condo and new resort accommodations as well for guests? Yeah. So so basically how it works, Mark, is uh, we have uh, currently 61 uh, rooms in our new hotel. Um, so that's our high rise facilities. Uh, it was sold as condos. Obviously, uh, the large majority of uh, purchasers are putting that uh, back into our rental program. So it's a great, uh, great revenue opportunity for both uh, us. Uh, as the operators and then them as the uh, investors. So it's, it's a great uh, relationship there. It, it really changes the game for us here on property as we're now going to be able to uh, have that many more patrons at our facilities on a regular basis to, to join our low rise opportunities of we have uh, 15 opportunities there outside of the hotel. So it's, yeah, game changer. We're very excited to uh, now, uh, you know, bring more people to our property. And in the next three to five years, our goal is to be a private resort community where you basically either are a member, a property owner, or you're staying with us on property to be able to play golf here at Muskoka Bay. So uh, it's, it's, it's a bit of a game changer for us, for sure. And there is plenty of membership options available. Always check them out. You've got family options, intermediate, single. There, there's many ways to be a member at Muskoka Bay. Correct. Uh, June 14th, I guess a date we all have circled on our calendar when the province starts to reopen a bit more. I'm assuming that magnificent clubhouse and some of the food and beverage options will open on that day? Yeah, absolutely. We're, uh, we're ramping up. We just had our uh, onboarding for the whole team yesterday for uh, the food and bev side of things. So uh, anxiously awaiting when we could start to uh, recapture uh, our food and beverage operations. Um, the terrace we hope will be opening uh, <clears throat> hopefully mid to late June. So that'll certainly get people uh, outside enjoying our terrace. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, <clears throat> we're, we're long overdue on that end of the business and we certainly want to get that back, uh, back moving. MuskokaBayResort.com. MuskokaBayResort.com is the place to go, whether you're looking to book a tea time, a weekend, looking into real estate options, membership options. It's a great spot. I absolutely love it. You know that. You're known for your golf course. It's got a magnificent uh, practice facility. The location is ideal. It's not a three-hour drive from Toronto, for instance. In fact, I've gotten there in, in less than two hours before door-to-door. -door. Bruce, before we let you go, I'm just curious. Is there something that comes to the top of your head? Because, you know, obviously the beauty of the golf course, the quality of the golf course, all the things we've outlined in terms of why it's such a successful venture. But what about something that maybe uh, somebody doesn't know about Muskoka Bay? Something that you love about Muskoka Bay or you hear regular guests or members talk about Muskoka Bay that maybe we don't talk about enough or somebody like myself that only gets there once or twice a year might not know or might not recognize? What stands out for you? I, I think, obviously, the, the golf side of it does stand out. We're very well known, obviously, for our golf operations. Um, I think as we further develop into uh, like that four season resort model, 
Um, you know, we are a great venue for hosting weddings and uh, corporate outings and, and tournaments of that nature. So we really are going after that uh, moving forward. We've, we've hired a new event person out of Freed in Toronto that's doing a great job for us, uh, bringing a lot of new eyeballs to our property. Uh, we really see ourselves moving into, a, into uh, doing like 25 weddings uh, every season moving forward. So that's going to be a game changer as well for not only our revenue, but just just uh, elevating our whole brand here at the resort. So uh, I, th I think that's really where the new direction's going. Like we're, you know, not only known for our golf, but no, now known for the uh, whole experience here at the property. And that kind of lends to the four season resort, live, stay, play, five star across the board. If you're not visiting Muskoka Bay, you're really missing out on something. Exactly. You join, you can stay. I can't wait to see you, Bruce. I know we're coming yeah. July 15th for our Golf Talk Canada Day. Looking forward to getting up there with our sponsors and our supporters, and uh, we'll see you in person in July. Thanks so much for doing this with me. My pleasure. It'll be great to see you back up here, Mark, and uh, see you real soon. Thanks very much. That was Bruce Rogerson from Muskoka Bay with our own Mark Sacchino talking about Muskoka Bay. And Bob will be up there in uh, six or seven weeks, I guess. My math isn't so so hot, but <laughs> July 15th for our, our Muskoka Bay Day, looking forward to being up there. And like you, Bob, I, I didn't get up there in 2020, but I played once in uh, late summer of 2019. And uh, it's, 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 it's a marvelous experience all around from when you get there, you know, the, the, the driving range. And I haven't, had, I haven't had a chance to actually dine there, but I, I've heard remarkable things as well. Food's excellent. It's great. It's just, and it just sort of brings to mind now about how much I miss traveling for golf you know a lot of people the, the golf travel business in canada is massive yeah. and both both domestic and international and um so many places now have been sort of off limits like i'd love to be out of the east coast somewhere but you just can't get in there right now without uh, a lot of the hassles and quarantines and things like that understandably so and i would just love to be able to travel somewhere and play some golf even if it is as close as muskoka you can drive up there but uh, i'd like to get in the plane and fly out uh, Jasper or out to out to Whistler or somewhere out there and just see what we can um, what we can do and enjoy ourselves once again it won't be long I think just get those vaccinations everybody and we'll be we'll be back on the road very soon just get those vaccinations and Bob I'm glad you mentioned that before we go to break quickly here that you know, one, one of the favorite shows I, I've done uh, or I've produced here with golf.canada uh, with you and Mark was our you know picking the top 100 courses in Canada and this would have been two or three years ago now where basically we, we had 50 uh, private courses, 50 public courses, and, and we went through them all. And it, it's amazing. Like there is so much great golf from coast to coast here in Canada. So like you mentioned, hopefully we're able to start traveling more and seeing some, some of these great places, whether you're in Victoria or in Halifax. Yeah. And, and there's still a lot of great, listen, a lot of great golf in Ontario, uh, Muskoka Bay there, Cobble beach last year had a mm -hmm. record year. Uh, there's stuff down in Niagara Falls. There's, so there's lots of options. And uh, as long as everyone feels safe and traveling and we don't uh, get with our buddies and have pops and stuff, we're, we'll, be, uh, we'll be fine for some of those golf trips. But it'll be, uh, it's nice to go and visit. And that's one good thing about golf is that there's great golf courses pretty much everywhere in this country. That's for sure. And looking forward to having more things open so we can go and, and see these great spots. Looking forward to being in Muskoka Bay in six or seven weeks' time. Well, Bob, on the other side, it's our favorite time of the show. It's Winners Weird and What. That's coming up next. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by 
the Muskoka Bay Club and Resort. Live, stay, and play. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cadillac. Springtime is a lot like a Cadillac, spirited, vibrant, and you definitely know when it arrives. Put a little spring in your drive with the Cadillac XT4, XT5, or XT6. Visit Cadillac.ca. Your Cadillac is waiting. Cadillac, never stop arriving. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully alongside Bob Weeks. Mark Tocchino is off today. Well, Bob, it's our favorite time of the show. There is no shortage of weird, wacky, and wild in the world of golf throughout the past week. And with that, let's do some winners, weird and what. And my friend this week, the tea is yours. So, so what do I do? Just aim for the pond? No, you're not supposed to hit it into the water. But you hit it into the water. I know I hit it into the water. Well, why do they even have water if you're not supposed to hit it there? Because it's fun! We're having fun! Look, it went further than your ball. All right, uh, Adam, my winner this week is Justin Thomas, the guy we just sort of slagged a little bit a few segments ago about his poor play. Uh, but he did something off the course this week that was really special. And I draw your attention back to the Valspar Championship where we had big Mike Vizaki, the uh, 27-year-old mini-tour legend who made a 20-footer in a playoff on a Monday qualifier to get his first PGA Tour start and his viral reaction to that where he cried when he was phoning home to tell his family that he was going to play on the PGA Tour was, was pretty special. Well, you know, mini-tours don't pay very well, so Justin Thomas loved his story, and after the uh, Colonial this week, uh, where Vizaki was playing on a sponsor's exemption. Uh, he did miss the cut, however, but uh, Justin mm -hmm. Thomas decided he was going to do something Mormon fuzzy, and he cut him a check, and it was a check. We don't know exactly how much, but we got to believe it was healthy enough for JT's got a pretty good bank account <laughs> to help Big Mike play a little bit longer on the mini tours and perhaps get into a few more PGA Tour events. I think that was just a wonderful story of uh, someone who's helping someone who's Probably Justin Thomas probably never played too much on the mini tours, but I think he can appreciate what Big Mike is going through. And so nice to give him a helping hand and maybe he'll see him again on the PGA Tour as he uh, continues on his journey. It's it was an awesome story. It's one of the best stories we've seen in the golf world in 2021. And, and like you mentioned before, the Valspar Championship Monday qualifying, making a, a 20 footer. Uh, we featured it on SportsCenter that Thursday when he played that first round at the Valspar uh, played some good golf there as well. Let's see if we can get some more exemptions. And Bob, I believe Justin Thomas and Visaki played a practice round together as well earlier in the week. I, th I, think, I think JT reached did. out to Michael, right? Yeah, I think that's great. I think they played uh, played a practice round. So uh, good for them, giving them an all around. Justin Thomas, full of, full experience there for the week. Yep. Um, my weird this week is a weird sound you're going to hear this week at the memorial, and this could be. Something I don't know if Mark, our friend Mark, is doing the play-by-play uh, -play this week for the memorial, but it could be something that could even drown out, believe it or not, even drown out Mark Sacchino. And that oh. is that the, um, the brood X cicadas that are, they go through a 17-year larva stage and then they hatch. And they hatch basically every 17 years. And this week, in this warm weather, they are hatching. And the sound they make as the male cicadas beat on their chest, it is an unbelievably loud, loud sound. Now, there's cicadas every year, but this is a massive 
outpouring and you're going to hear them here in Toronto as well but they're noted for being all over the place at the memorial tournament in fact a couple uh, 2004 the last time they were around Paul Azinger bet his caddy 50 bucks that he wouldn't eat one which he did of course the caddy mm-hmm. caddy ate it for 50 bucks but um, but it's going to be loud and you are going to wonder what that strange noise is and then you're going to remember being here and listening on Golf Talk Canada and say ah it's the brood X cicadas so there you go that's I, my it kind of it kind of sounded like there's a one of those in the in the condo unit above me right now, Bob. There's a lot of a lot of noise going on here, but no, that, that that's good to know. I would have never known that. There you go. See, <laughs> see what things you learn when you come to a Golf Talk Canada radio is there amazing. You go. Isn't the more it? you know. Uh, my what this week is: What do we make of Shan Shan Feng's decision in the uh, the 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 runner-up match, I guess you call it, the bronze medal match? Mm-hmm. So, as you know, there was a match play championship the LPGA put on this week. It was at. Uh, Shadow Creek, and Shen Shen Feng lost in the semifinal to Sophia Popoff. She lost one up on Sunday morning, and they had to go and play, or she was scheduled to go and play Aria Jitanagarn in the triple, or the, I don't know, the third, fourth place match. Mm-hmm. However, Feng played a total of 112 holes over five days, more than anybody. On Saturday alone, she played 41 holes, outlasting her opponents in extra holes in both rounds, uh, the round of 16 and in the quarterfinals. And she confessed that she was absolutely dead tired and she thought actually about dropping out in mid-match. But rather than play this runner-up match, she pulled out and said, I want to save myself for the U.S. Open next week. Now, do you think it's, I mean, if I was a sponsor, I think I'd be a little disappointed. And if she pulled out because she was going to go, what would she have done if she had made it to the final match? I don't know. This is kind of... On, on one hand, I can see, she's actually said, I've got to take care of myself. I'm, I'm an old lady now. She's only 31. But, and it was hot. It was triple-digit temperatures in Vegas. But I don't know. I think if you're a golfer and that's your profession, you gotta, you got to go out there and suck it up, right? Don't you? I, I totally agree. You have to know heading into the week that you know, any match play tournament is a grind. When, when you're playing on the weekend, when you're playing 36 holes on both Saturday and Sunday, if you're going to make it, all the way and yes i'm sure the motivation to play in the call it the bronze medal match or the third fourth match probably wasn't that high for her but uh, a puzzling decision that's for sure and i I guess it's a tough stretch for the lpga tour players to have a match play event which is an exhausting week before the u.s women's open which is mentally and physically probably the most exhausting week they'll have all season yeah. Now, by conceding the match, she forfeited uh, twenty-two grand. That was the difference between third and fourth place. Uh, I think she should be forced to probably forfeit more than that. Maybe I was. I was going to say. I, you know, I was going to say, something. Bob. Yeah, I was going to say. So, if she would like, that's almost a WD from the tournament. Yeah, like you could. Yeah, exactly. You that's... could argue it that way, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Anyway, yeah. Uh, something to be debated. And right now, Mr. Scully, the tea is yours. Yeah, well, I, I had the coffee. I got to activate the calves, and I got to step on one here. <laughs> Come on, baby. That's what I'm going to do today. Hit bombs and attack the pin. You know me and Phil Mickelson. Of course he's my winner again this week. And you might think, why, why is he your winner? Yes, he won the PGA Championship. That's old news now. Six-time major champion, oldest major champion ever. Yada, yada, yada. Phil Mickelson, great story. But this soundbite that we're about to play, this might have to replace what I currently have as my lead-up into my winner's weird. And what Phil Mickelson struggled to an opening three over 73 last Thursday in the Charles Schwab Challenge. And after the round, he was asked, what went wrong? Why did you struggle in round one? Yeah, I, I didn't play well. I shot three over, but... I won the PGA, so. 
That's just Phil being Phil. You know, four days earlier, he one of the most shocking stories in sports we've seen I don't know, in recent memory for sure to come out of literal nowhere to go on and win the PGA championship. And he's got this great attitude, you know, happy go lucky. Of course, he just changed his life again with arguably his, his best ever victory in his career. Four days later, yes, he played in the Charles Schwab challenge. Didn't have his best stuff, but you know, Bob, he made history four days earlier. So Phil can, Phil can say what he wants. He can gloat as much as he wants. Exactly right. Exactly right. There's no reason why he can't stand up there and say, yeah, so what? I shot three over? Yeah, here, help me with this trophy. Yeah, this 35-pound trophy, the Wanamaker trophy that Phil lifted for the second time. An awesome story. My weird this week, I feel like this year in 3-dub, whether on TV and radio, we've spoken in 3-dub a lot about Phil Mickelson. Billy Horschel had a you know a three- or four-consecutive-week run on Winners Weird and What when he you know slipped at the masters wearing white pants a couple other different things he had some interesting comments about the arm bar but Bryson DeChambeau is a mainstay for us in three dub and and last week uh he posted something on his YouTube channel basically a week in the life of Bryson DeChambeau on tour and Bob this could have been my winner this could have been my weird this could have been my what this was a 28 minute video why I stuck around for 28 minutes I will never know but I watched the entire thing and basically it was a behind the scenes look at a week on life of of the life of Bryson DeChambeau on the PGA Tour is during the AT&T Byron Nelson which he was staying at home for so that might have been a reason for it but there were some very, you know, just watching what he does during a week. Like there was a speed training session on the driving range. He had his net out at home, you know, hitting drivers in there. He spent way too much time shirtless. It, it was it was a very strange video for Bryson DeChambeau with there were eight to ten guys he lives with, I guess, in this home as well. If you haven't checked it out, Bob, you know, Bryson DeChambeau on YouTube, he's got this elaborate YouTube channel. It's, it's very well produced. I must give it to him, but a, a very strange uh, video for Bryson. He had one out last year during in the in the shutdown. There was one like that too, where it was uh, we was talking about redoing his house and rebuilding a house and stuff. And there was a whole bunch of different things in it. And it's um, it kind of makes you wonder like how much is he spending on the production of this? Because it's as you said, it's not like some guy shooting it with his iPhone and posting it up. This is like edited and uh, clean. I mean, it's really really well done. Uh, and it just kind of makes you wonder exactly what's going on through that mind of his. I would love to get a. A look inside there and just see the gears spinning because they must be just going 100 miles an hour i'll tell you they, they must be for sure and that goes back to during the pga tour restart last year uh just before he teed off his team tweeted out this 15 minute video of bryson working out during the shutdown and changing his body 15 minutes not seconds minutes so bryson dechambeau always gives us a, gives us a lot to talk about right here on golf talk Canada because he is just such a, a different guy that's for sure okay before we go to break here my what this week what are we going to expect from Muirfield village they've done a complete overhaul of the golf course uh, jack nicholas has redone all of the greens as well and bob we saw last year when they held back-to-back tournaments uh, after a cancellation of course that uh, they were actually they actually started doing these renovations as John Rahm was tapping in to win last year on the front nine. So I, I, knowing Jack Nicholas, I'm sure we're not going to see, you know, it's, it's, it's going to look pretty seamless out there. But what are you expecting this week at Muirfield Village? 
Uh, from what I've heard, there they've stretched it only about 100 yards longer, but they've added some trees, uh, resurfaced some of the greens. They've, um, they're trying to make it a little bit more difficult. I think there's some different sloping in some of the fairways as well, which makes it a little harder to hold. So I think they're just trying to amp up the difficulty a touch without doing a dramatic uh, repair. I saw. I also saw, by the way, they're making some... We don't know what they are, but they're doing a lot of digging down at Augusta National this week, too. I oh. saw some overhead shots of that on uh, 17 green and 15 landing area, I think it oh. is. Uh, some, some digging going on there. It could be anything from redoing, recontouring the fairway on 15 to actually just putting a uh, um, sub-air system under the patron's crosswalk. We don't know. But uh, these golf courses, they don't like to stay the same. They like to keep changing and keep progressing. So, well, I'm interested to see what happens with Memorial this week. As the players change in terms of distance, in terms of ball speed, the courses adjust and change as well. Always one of the great stops on the PGA Tour at the Memorial at Muirfield Village. Well, Bob, on the other side, we'll update you on leaderboards from around the world of golf and give a little preview of what's to come this week on Golf Talk Canada Television on Wednesday. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Cadillac. Springtime is a lot like a Cadillac, spirited, vibrant, and you definitely know when it arrives. Put a little spring in your drive with the Cadillac XT4, XT5, or XT6. Visit Cadillac.ca. Your Cadillac is waiting. Cadillac, never stop arriving. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf and the all-new ZG21. Lightweight with zero compromise. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully alongside Bob Weeks. Mark Sakino will be joining us for Wednesday's Golf Talk Canada television at 1 p.m. Eastern on TSN 5. Time for some leaderboard updates, which are presented by Bushnell Golf, the number one range finder in golf. KitchenAid Senior PGA Championship, Alex Cheka, a four-shot victory over Tim Petrovic. Retief Goosen also up there alongside KJ Choi. Mike Weir, Bob, didn't have the greatest weekend, but still a top five finish for Weirzy. Way to go, Mike Weir, uh, for winning or for, sorry, top five, who he has a win earlier this year, I should mention, on the LPG. Go ahead, Bob. Sorry, go ahead, Bob. I was just going to say a quick shout-out also to uh, to um, David Moreland IV, who was in there along, obviously, with Stephen Ames as well. But David Moreland uh, got into that tournament and um, finished up, I think, uh, 72nd, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Saving a second for David Moreland IV. Okay, LPGA Tour match play at Shadow Creek. Ali Ewing, you're Ewing, your winner, uh, two and one over Sophia Popoff. U.S. Women's Open coverage that gets going later this week, 5 p.m. Eastern, TSN 5 on Thursday. Jason Kokrak wins for the second time this season on the PGA Tour at the Charles Schwab Challenge. Jordan Spieth won behind there. A couple other Canadians making the cut. Of course, Adam Hadwin, T8, Corey Connors, T20. Nick Taylor, who's been uh, relatively quiet, Bob, I guess you could say, since uh, the return of golf uh, almost a year ago, or yeah, almost a year ago now, um, after the COVID shutdown, a T62 for Nick Taylor. I guess for Nick, it's, it's interesting because there's so, there, the, the depth of golf now 
of success, I should say, on the Canadian side of things for professionals. It's it's in a great state right now. One guy who hasn't played great as of late is Nick Taylor. Is that right? Yeah, Nick's uh, Nick's sort of really had a couple of bright shots, but not a lot since he won at Pebble Beach a year ago, February. And I know he took some time off and he went back to Canada and he spent some time there. He's got a young child and he's devoted a lot of time to that. He's got that two-year exemption, so he's not really stressed about things at the moment. So we'll see if he comes around. I think this is a good sign to see him make a cut. I think he had a kind of a stumbled a little bit in the last round, but had three the, fir the first three rounds were pretty good. So um, I think uh, I think we'll see Nick get back on gear. He had a couple of good finishes as well early in 2021. Uh, hopefully we can see Nick Taylor and a bunch of other Canadians uh, continue their good play. And Bob, of course, 20 weeks of Taylor made another huge thing right here on Golf Talk Canada. Later this afternoon, we are giving away a Spider EX putter. All you have to do, follow Golf Talk Canada, follow Taylor Made Canada, Twitter and Instagram. Tag your golfing buddies and you'll be in a draw to win this new flat stick. You want to roll the rock like Rory McIlroy or Dustin Johnson or Colin Morikawa or any member of Team TaylorMade? Here is your chance to roll the rock, Bob. You don't have the Spider EX, you have a Spider X, so it's not quite the same putter Bob Weeks uses, but it's, it's in the same family, right? <laughs> yeah, it's got the same idea, you know. It's a mallet style, weight that uh, kind of spread out and gives it a little bit more stable. I love it. It took, I was, I will admit, it took me a little while to kind of get used to it. I was not a big chunky uh, guy, and I think the same. Rory said the same thing. Actually, it took him a little bit of a while to get used to it. So we have that in common. That's probably the only part of our golf games that we have in common. But uh, I think the, uh, I think you know, if you look at the science behind these things, uh, I'm more of a feel guy. But if you look at the science, take a little time. It really is. It really does make sense and why you can kind of make some more putts with this kind of ball or this putter. 100% for sure. Now, looking ahead to uh, Golf Talk and the television this week, we are uh, TSN 1 on Wednesday. Uh, sorry, TSN 5 at 1 p.m. Eastern on Wednesday. We'll have a little preview of the Memorial. And Bob, pretty good field this week. John Rahm, Bryson DeChambeau, Rory McIlroy, George Speech, Justin Thomas, Victor Hovland, Colin Morikawa. This is really the final tune-up for a lot of the top players in the world before the U.S. Open in just a couple weeks' time. Yeah, three Canadians in the field as well. Mackenzie Hughes, Corey Connors, and uh, Adam Hadwin are in there. So I think it's uh, it's nice to see. I, I'm interested to see what we get from, from Adam to see if he can keep going on this uh, great finish that he had last week, which is kind of a sign that he's heading in the right direction after making some of these swing changes. And Mackenzie Hughes, this is about the time last year when he started to get on a bit of a run. So um, he's kind of one of those hot and cold guys. You know, he either misses a cut or he's a top 10 or top 15 or something like that. So hopefully we can see him start to move a little bit as well. And uh, he's uh, he's due for a good performance. So we'll see what he does here. Yeah, we saw Mackenzie Hughes play very well in 2020 when the conditions got very challenging, and they were quite challenging last year for the Memorial. And Mackenzie Hughes right now in 2021, he's in the top 25 in strokes game putting. That is the, the number one strength of his game. But another player I'm looking forward to seeing this week is Rory McIlroy. You know, obviously he won at Wells Fargo. He stumbled out of the gates to put it bluntly at the PGA championship hitting his first tee shot just miles right and continuing that that bad slump or streak of of struggling and opening rounds at major championships what do you think we expect from Rory McIlroy this week 
Boy, it's uh, that's a $64,000 question. I'm not sure what's going to come out of this one because, you, you know, you one week he wins at Wells Fargo and the next week he's missing a cut or struggling or something like that. Another guy that I'm interested to see a little bit about is Ricky Fowler, who showed some mm. signs at the PGA Championship of coming back. He's in the field here. So there's a few guys that uh, I'm not sure what to make of until we get to see some consistency out of them. Well, of course, this Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern on TSN 5. We'll also have our TSN Edge Picks. Bob, will we see Ricky Fowler as a part of our Edge Picks? Will we see Rory McIlroy? Will we see any of the Canadians in the mix? Uh, as you know, we have one victory this year between the three of us since we returned to television. <laughs> I, I have to tell people that because... Who, who I, had that victory, by the way? Who has who I'm had not that sure. victory? Was, was that you? I, I'm, not, I'm not 100% sure. My, my memory, you know, it jogs me from time to time. I did pick Max Homa to win at Riviera. That was before we came back to television. So not quite making the leaderboard there. But as always, TSN Edge, your home for all of your fantasy needs. Speaking of that, Brooke Henderson... One of the favorites this week heading into the U.S. Women's Open. You can watch that coverage on TSN 5 starting Thursday at 5 p.m. Eastern. Prime time golf. To me, Bob, there's nothing better. Well, it's been a fun two hours here. Bob, thanks so much for today. Go Leafs, go for us in the GTA. You can watch, you can listen to that game tonight on TSN 1050. Game 7, Leafs, Habs 2021. Who would have thunk it? A chance to make it to the second round, their first playoff series win. Could it be since 2004? We shall see which Maple Leafs team shows up. Again, you can see us on Golf Talk Canada Wednesday, 1 p.m. Eastern, TSN 5. Well, coming up next right here on TSN 1050, it's Andy Petrillo. It's Leafs Lunch, a full preview. Leafs Habs, Game 7. Thanks so much for joining us right here on Golf Talk Canada, and we'll see you next time. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Adidas Golf and the all-new ZG21. Lightweight with zero compromise. Thank you for listening to GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television, weekly on the TSN Television Network.